time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about how to build a thriving body. We've talked about how to fuel your body, how to exercise your body, how to move your body, how to rest your body. But there's this other piece that's out there about how do you deal with stress. Now, the idea of stress itself is a fairly recent idea. That doesn't mean that we can think that stress suddenly has come out in recent years. And some people have said that stress now is worse than it was in earlier days, but I kind of doubt it. I kind of think it couldn't be more stressful now to live in an environment where you can go to the store and buy your food anytime you want to, not worry so much about starvation, at least if you're listening to this podcast, Probably not even worry about where you're staying or the safety of you walking down the street or how you're going to get somebody somewhere as much as it would have been long ago. Even more recently in uh, the years of settlement of our countries. But certainly now we talk about stress more. Maybe it's that we have more time to focus on being stressed or maybe we've gotten to that point where we realize that this is how we get to a better place. The first idea of stress on the body was proposed by Hans Selye, who said that these health issues that are impacting our body may be partly environmental, that there may be these stresses on the body. And he was using that idea of stress from engineering, where you could stress some metal and it would finally find a point of failure. So he talked about the fact that there were these stresses that push and pull us, these external places that create stress on our body. And he talked about the fact that there were two types of stress. One was distress, that's bad stress. And then there was eustress, which is good stress. The nice thing about that idea is that it says that no matter what's going on, it can create stress on our system. So whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, it can feel stressful. If you lose your job, it's distress. If you get a promotion to a job you wanted, it's you stress. But either way, there can be stress on the system. Now, Hans Selye missed one very important point of that. And that is that it's not the external event. It's the internal event. It's how we interpret that internal piece. You can't ever point to stress out there. Because the same things that lead to great stress for one person barely move the needle for another person. I've seen people who would be terrified to be on a stage talking to a crowd or performing a song and watched another group of people who love being in front of that crowd and experience very little stress. They might feel a little excited, but some of them don't feel much at all. Other people can't even think about what's going to happen and others thrive on that. The event is the same. How it's interpreted is what's different. Or how about the people who are thrill seekers, who go looking for the biggest roller coasters or the the bungee jumps or all those other pieces that might stress us out. And then there are others who don't experience that as stressful events. Or how about people who see just a party as being an incredibly stressful event and other people are living for that party and feel no stress whatsoever? In other words, the external event has nothing to do with how it registers with the person. The event is neutral. The interpretation of the person is what makes a difference. And that's the first point about this whole stress. You can't point to stress or what specifically causes stress because it's an individual reaction. 
Stress is the internal response to an external event. The external events are not necessarily causing what is uh, in that in there. It's our reading of that. It's our thoughts about that. Stress is an internal reaction to the external event. So why does that matter? Well, because a lot of times people spend a lot of time in stress management trying to eliminate the external events, trying to eliminate the possibility that something out there is going to stress them out, not deal with how they change their internal event reading They're trying to stop something from stressing them out, not recognizing that what's happening is on the inside. And what I've noticed is that when people begin to try to stop the external events that might stress them out, they find more and more of those events putting them at risk. And they live a smaller and smaller life in a smaller and smaller box because more and more things feel like they're going to stress them out. What I've noticed is when people say, that stresses me out, They tie it to the external event, and they almost always try to avoid that external event, which is why we get into trouble with stress. I want you first to think about the fact that that no matter what we do, I'm not going to eliminate all the stress in your life, but we might come to a way of recognizing what happens. So imagine a glass that has some water in it. That's your stress level. Some people may be very calm and have very low levels of stress and the things that are happening around them aren't really stressing them out. And so the water level is pretty low. Other people have much more of a hairpin trigger where everything feels stressful to them. And so the water level is very high. Now, what happens when something's added onto it? And by the way, that's the nature of life. Something else will be added onto it. And so your response to that, that event will raise the water level. If your water level is very low and something big comes along that stresses you out, that you read an external stress event into it, the water goes up a certain level. For another person who already has a lot going on and is feeling very stressed, it suddenly overflows. They they feel completely stressed out and they have a strong reaction to that. So think about where your water level sits. Because what we want to do is reduce the background water level. We want to reduce where it tips over. I had a a physical um, metaphor for that in my own life because I used to have terrible terrible allergies. Every season, fall and spring, I would have huge allergic reactions. And so I would have to take a lot of medication to stop the allergic reactions. Well, when I began to work on uh, rebuilding my body to be much more thriving, one of the things that happened was I was eliminating some things that were creating allergic reactions in the background, but I didn't realize it. Primarily, what I found out was that I was having an allergic reaction to gluten. And so my level of allergic response was already pretty high. The reason I realized this was because after I changed my diet and after I eliminated a lot of things that were creating that response, suddenly I wasn't having seasonal allergies. Suddenly I wasn't having those places because I had reduced the overall allergic response in my body to the point that those seasonal allergies no longer tipped me over. They stayed subpar. So do I still have an allergic reaction in the spring and the fall? I do have it in my body. I can tell that there's something different, but it doesn't break out into a place where I need more medicine. Well, it's the same with our stress level. 
if we are able to, to take the background level of stress going on in our lives to a lower level, then it takes more to tip us over. It takes more external events or more things that we read as externally stressful to tip us over to the place where we feel overwhelmed, where it begins to impinge upon our life. So why does this matter? Well, stress has been tied to lots of uh, events in our body. So people talk about how we have a higher incidence of strokes and heart attacks and diabetes and lots of other illnesses when our body is under a constant level of stress. Stress is caused when your adrenaline levels are always pumping in at a high level. So you're at feeling stress because of the adrenaline that's pumping into your system. Whenever our body is constantly at that level of stressfulness, then it begins to create some inflammation in our system and some chronic responses in our system to that adrenaline. One of them happens to be weight gain because our body doesn't know what to do with the, the calories. It thinks it's storing it up for something coming, some event that it has to be ready for, some energy source. And so it begins to store calories as fat. And so one of the things that we know is attributable to feeling stressed is weight gain. Well, that impinges upon diabetes and impinges upon our blood pressure and uh, how our heart does because that there's inflammation based in our uh, circulatory system that is activated in that stressful situation by the adrenaline. In other words, being stressed out puts your body at risk. So let me be very clear that I'm not just saying, oh, stress, it's just in your mind. But at the same time, I want to recognize that stress does start in your mind, in your brain. And your body carries out that stressful event and feels the stress, experiences the stress, and gets into a, a place of running through that stressful fight-flight response that keeps us at a very difficult place physically. So how do we change that? Let me suggest that there are three areas that we want to explore. One is mindset, two is thought, and three is strategies and actions. In other words, what do you do because you're going to have things that make you feel stressed? So we have this level of stress in our lives that we've already talked about. And just imagine that cup and, and where the water is. And I just want you for, to, for a moment just to imagine where that cup is for you right now. Is it a third full? A quarter full? Is it a half full? Is it three quarters full? Or is it running over already? Are you already experiencing that feeling of just being completely overwhelmed? What we want to do is try to pull that level down. If you're already at half, we want to get it down further. If you're already down at a third, can we get it down further? We're never going to be at baseline zero. But where is your water level of stress right now? Just kind of picture where that is. Do you feel like you run through a life of stress or do you feel like you have your stress under control? Okay, now that you have an idea of where you are just naturally, you're kind of your baseline for right now, let's talk about how we pull that down. The first thing that I mentioned was mindset. Remember, the mindset piece is a critical kind of meta recognition of what's going on, the larger picture. This is the 30,000 foot view. If you begin to be aware that it's not the events, but your reaction to the events, you've already begun to make a shift in that mindset. The, the reality is that in our lives, we have thoughts that lead to emotions that lead to physiological responses. Now, 
If somebody jumps out and scares you, there is a physiological response that is almost ahead of your thoughts. Not quite, but almost ahead of your response because you are automatically in tune with threats around you. So let's get rid of those those situations for a minute and let's talk about day-to-day life. How you think about what's going on leads to an emotional response, which leads to a physiological response. Your emotional response leads to a physiological response. So what does that mean? If you are thinking about a situation and you're thinking about how frightening and scary and stressful that situation is, your emotional response will follow that. And your emotional response will be about being fearful, feeling threatened, uh, feeling like you need to get away. That's your the feeling, the emotional level of that. That leads to the physiological place where your body is getting ready to defend itself. Now, if we recognize that it's not the event, it's what's happening in there, it's our mindset, then we begin to have a different place of reflection because no longer are we trying to eliminate the external events, but we're trying to change how we think about those events. There's some research that shows that if you're in a situation that typically makes you feel stressed, that one way you can change that is simply to change the message you're telling yourself. Instead of saying, I'm stressed about this, I'm scared of this, I am overwhelmed by this, to think, I'm excited about this. If you find yourself saying, I'm fearing this, change it to, I'm excited about this. Think about some event that you might go to. And Sometimes it's maybe a party or sometimes it may be a social event. Sometimes maybe it's something you have to do, a test or something else. But to begin to think about that as not being frightening, not being scary, but being exciting. The reason that that makes a difference is because your body doesn't know the difference between excited and scared. Your body is reacting the same way in either case. To be excited about jumping on uh, that roller coaster is no different physiologically than the person who's scared of it. But the interpretation makes all the difference. So why does it make a difference if you just change the word from scared to excited? Because suddenly you go from a fearful scarcity place to an opportunity place. We all like to be excited. And so even when we change that, we change our orientation to it from being backing away to moving towards that. So one way to think about that mindset is to think about how powerful just that shift in thinking is to recognize it's not the external event, it's your internal response to that external event. We've already created that shift. If you followed me along and you believe with me now that it's not the event, that it's your internal reaction to the event, because now we start looking at the internal reaction to the event. We're no longer tied to the external event, trying to make sure that never happens to us, but we're tied to our internal response. So let's go with our thoughts. I've talked about this many times with Thrivology, but one of the things that we often forget in life is that a thought is just a thought. And I don't mean to minimize a thought. We can have great, important thoughts. Thoughts lead to great achievements. They also lead to bad things. So thoughts are just thoughts. Thoughts are what our mind does. Your mind is designed to think up things, good, bad, indifferent. It's just there to create thoughts. The problem is sometimes we forget that that's what we're doing. We don't notice that we've changed that thought and confused it with reality. We don't know that we've lost track of the fact that that's just a thought and now we're making it real. 
So what does that mean? Well, a thought is a thought, is a foundational piece of recognition. Think about how you, you can have on a scale all the way from thought recognition to thought as reality. Thought as reality is when you think that anything that pops into your head is real. That is what happens when somebody is schizophrenic. Everything that they imagine is experienced as being real. At the other end is where every thought that comes into your head, you're aware it's just a thought. Most of us live somewhere in that middle phase where we often are able to say, okay, that's just a thought. And other times we make that reality. The idea is to move further and further down the, the, that continuum closer to thought recognition. Now, I will tell you that when you already have the background level of feeling stressed out and your body having a physiological response, it's harder to recognize it as a thought. So you want to build that skill in ahead of time. The mistake we make is that we forget a thought as a thought and we confuse it with reality and we do it all the time. Somebody gives us a look. So there is, that's the reality. Somebody gave us a look. Now we interpret that look. Oh, they don't like us. Why do they have against us? Why don't they uh, want to be our friends? Why do they hate us so much? And along uh, we go down that road to a thought uh, attack where we build it up and build it up. And we forget that that's just a thought. So we latch onto it and we turn it around and it begins to affect our emotional life, which begins to affect our physiological life that puts us in a stressed out situation rather than going, okay, that's just a thought. The reality is they just looked at me and that's neutral. I don't know what it means that they looked at me. That's all that happened though. And then I can release that thought. I don't have to hold on to that because it's just a thought. It's not reality. It's a thought. Once we recognize that a thought is just a thought, or to say it neutrally, a thought is a thought, then we can decide whether to keep that thought or to release that thought, whether that thought is helping us or getting in our way. It's not whether the thought is right or wrong, but whether it's helpful or gets in our way. When we see something and experience it and tell ourselves that that is a stressful event, we have read that thought as being uh, bad, as being against us, as being not helpful for us. And so we get caught in that thought. So part of the strategy of dealing with stress is to recognize that a thought is a thought more and more often. Now, what are the other strategies to deal with the physiological response? Well, let me suggest five different pieces that pull this together. The first is exercise. Remember, your body is in a physiological response. It is running on stress. Your body is designed for quick bursts of that. That's what our ancestors would have dealt with. Walking down the path, something jumps out and you've got to get out of the way. It's quick. It's acute. You get out of the way. It's over. Then you go and rest. We live in a, a world that is more chronic than that, that you're constantly bombarded with things that you can interpret as being scary and fearful and stressing you out. And so part of what exercise does is it allows us to blow off that adrenaline. That's what our ancestors did. Something scares them. They suddenly have to have a physical reaction where they have to get out of the way. They have to run away. They have to fight it off. And that would help dissipate the adrenaline in their system. But in the modern day, you don't just go hit somebody because they scared you a little bit or they gave you a look. 
And so finding some outlet of exercise helps the body get back to a baseline of lower adrenaline flowing through. So exercise is a strategy of helping to reduce the overall stress load. The second is to disconnect for clarity. Decide that there are times when something is pushing on you that you need to back up and get a little clarity from that. Have you ever had that experience where something is just overwhelming to you and you're trying to work your way through it and then you walk away for a little bit and you realize it's no big deal, that you can get a handle on this, that you can deal with this, that you have control over this and suddenly everything falls into place. Use that strategy ahead of time. Don't wait for the fact that you have to do that, but choose to do that. Sometimes a problem is so overwhelming that all it needs us to do is back away from it for a little bit for it to get to a place, a place where, place where we can fit. So disconnect for clarity sometimes. And that means disconnect from all of the, the stimulus around you. Sometimes it's necessary to go take that walk or take a drive or go for a swim or get away from all of those other pieces. When we disconnect for clarity, we begin to have a different perspective on it because we've got a little bit of a dif- distance from it. Another level of this disconnect is to be aware of where you're bombarding yourself with scary images. I, for one, do not watch the news on TV. I've had this conversation with many people, including my father, who says, how do you stay up to date on what's going on? And my response is, what's on TV is not keeping me up to date. It's there to scare me. That's what the networks are trying to do. They want me to be in a frightened state, so I'll keep watching. But that's not helping me because what they're showing me is one, not the complete news, and two, is designed to keep me glued in out of fear. I choose not to do that because I know how that affects my system. And so one of my disconnections is to get news other ways. I can read it online. I can listen to it on the radio. I can decide how much I'm going to take in at any one point so that my overall stress level is lower. It's interesting to me how many times I've talked with people who are stressed out, who are watching CNN, which is chronically negative news, in my opinion, or they're watching Fox News or any other of the news organizations, and they're constantly being bombarded with images and possibilities of danger with nothing they can do about it. And part of that mindset of stress is recognizing that there are things you have control over and things you do not have control over and not tangling with the ones you have no control over but facing the ones you do. So disconnect for clarity and sometimes even disconnect from media to get a little more clarity. The third thing is to breathe. And by that, I mean practicing belly breathing. If you were to lie down flat on a bed or on a couch or on the floor and put a hand over your breastbone and a hand over your belly button, you want to practice until the only hand that moves is on your belly button. And by the way, when you're stressed out, is not the time to try to figure this out. Go ahead and try to practice that a little bit. What happens is that when we belly breathe, when we use our diaphragm for breathing the way we're designed, and by the way, you can, once you've mastered it on a flat surface, do it sitting up, walking anywhere else. But once you're belly breathing, you're telling your brain, your most primitive part of your brain, that everything's okay. Because no longer is your diaphragm having to protect your vital organs. 
And when we protect our vital organs by breathing through our chest, we're telling our body that something is at risk. Unfortunately, our culture gives us lots of messages about standing up straight and holding in our gut and not breathing correctly. And so we're putting ourselves into stressed out situations simply by following what culture tells us about standing up straight and holding in our gut and not allowing our belly to flop out when we breathe. When we get back to that, though, when we get back to the belly breathing and correct that, we're naturally bringing our overall stress state down to a lower level just by breathing the way we're designed to breathe. So practice belly breathing. And when you're stressed out, particularly practice belly breathing. One technique for doing that is called box breathing. Box breathing, think of four sides of a box, and you're going to inhale on one side of the box, hold it on the bottom Exhale on one side of the box and hold and hold that exhale on the top part. So if you think about going around, so you can go up the box, inhale, hold it across the top for three count. And then so inhale three, hold it for three, exhale for three, hold that exhale for three, inhale for three, hold for three, exhale for three, hold for three. That's the box. Three, 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 three. And you can count it in your head. Now, three seconds. What is recommended in special forces to to find a place of calm in the midst of chaos for special force soldiers is four count. But remember, they're probably a little better uh, of a uh, in, in shape. They're better in shape than the general population. And so holding it for four count works very well at a higher level of cardiovascular fitness. Most people find that to be a little overwhelming, though. So use a three count and and see if that helps you. One of the things that it does is it distracts you a little bit. So you focus on your belly breathing and you're counting. And so you're distracted from whatever it is that right now is giving you that stressful signal that you're reading as stressful. So practice belly breathing. I know it sounds simple, but there is no other way to easily get to the most primitive part of your brain than that nonverbal breathing. Because that part of your brain doesn't understand words. You can tell yourself you're safe. You can tell yourself there's nothing going on. But down deep, it is trying to figure out if there's a risk. And so you have to take over the breathing to get back to that flat place. The fourth strategy is overall self-care. Make sure you're rested. Make sure you're eating well and not eating foods that are going to create more stressful environments. If you're pumping caffeine into your body all day long, you're already creating that place where your body is on high alert. If you throw in lots of sugar, you're doing the same thing. And so to be able to eat healthily, as I've talked about in a couple of other podcasts, attend to your overall self-care. Now think about what we've already talked about. Eating well by putting good fuel into the system, moving well so you're exercising the system and burning off that adrenaline, and sleeping well so you are wet, rested and able to deal with what life throws your way. You already have those pieces if you are taking care of your overall health. And then the last part is to remember thought recognition, to be able to say to yourself, that's a thought. It's a thought. It's not reality. It's a thought. And to begin to move in that direction. Okay, so now you have the strategy of recognizing from a mindset perspective that the stressful event is an external event that you're reading internally as being stressful. And so now you recognize it's just an external event. How you read it internally is the question. So the thought. Recognize that a thought is a thought. Begin to release that thought as much as you can. Then follow the strategies. Number one, exercise. Number two, disconnect for clarity. Number three, breathe. Number four, overall self-care. And number five, always remember that thought recognition. 
That's how we move the stress level down and move to a thriving life. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you build your thriving body. Listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at Thrivology.com or at ThrivologyMagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.